Welcome everyone to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 9, recorded on February 2nd, 2019. The topic is Before We Were Guardians. I am Elamist. This is Hyven. This is Mrs. Hyven. Now, before we actually get into the topic, this episode is going to be kind of different from our regular episodes. Um, we're not going to be reading full cards. We're going to be reading just snippets um, specifically for the narrative that we're trying to to bring to light here. And we always encourage feedback. If you're not following us on Twitter, we are at guardians underscore lore. You can email us at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. And as always, you can leave a review on Apple Podcast or Google Play. Now, stuff you may have missed in Destiny this past two weeks, because we totally had not done an episode last week. Um, we had life get in the way. As it always tends to. So, the last word is back. That quest was grueling. <laughs> It was fun. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Hyven, just be glad you weren't listening to me. There were a lot of expletives as I was, <laughs> I was dying like 80 times no. to that final step. I was in a party while Elemist as he tried to go do it repeatedly. <laughs> and then I don't know. I think I'm a little jealous. For a while. I think I would love to hear that side of Elemist. It'd be like when your kid curses. You're just like, aw. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to say all. I'm pretty sure you're supposed to tell them not to do that. But I, I mean, yeah. But when my nephew does it, it's good thing like... We don't have parents. I mean, children. Right? Yeah, it's a good thing we don't have kids. When my nephew does it, it's, you're like, oh, crap, I'm not supposed to laugh. That encourages him. But it's hilarious. All right? <laughs> true. I mean, it's true. When it's someone else's kid. Yeah. That's why you just don't have them. And dogs can't say expletives, so we're good. <laughs> We oh, had the yeah, and the coal quest line was called the draw. So there was a little bit of lore involved in that whole thing. We got a whole lot of awesome lore from the whole quest drop. Some books that we'll be covering probably pretty soon. A little yeah. bit about more about the the last word story. A little bit more about some of the aspects of the darkness, similar to some of the stuff talked about in the uh the lore book that Bungie produced. So those are some really exciting topics also that we got from that whole quest. And as I was going through uh, that final quest step tonight, and it, this is just because it's so fresh in my mind, whenever you're killed by that final boss, in any one of the three phases, you're killed by a proto-thorn. Exactly. Yeah, that's the best part. We know Thorn's coming back now. That's all the other news, but yeah, I really, really like that they're kind of like hyping that up and that it's like the lore implications to a fourth thorn being rebuilt, not just us finding it. It's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. And I look forward to the day we cover all of the, the lore. But yeah, Bife put so up an I. amazing video about everything Last Word and Thorn. Oh my God. Yeah, he did. 90 Everyone. minutes of awesomeness. <laughs> you know what? That's what. Me and Mrs. Hyman are going to be watching before bed. She is going to learn the whole story tonight. 
what the heck, man? It's like almost 11 o'clock now. We're not going to be done with this until like midnight. And then you want me to stay another hour and a half? It's a nice bedtime story. Why don't we schedule that for like matinee tomorrow? Well, at least then you won't have to worry about only having a couple hours of of sleep before getting up at 2 a.m. for your your puppy. (laughs) Right? No, the problem is she's not even the puppy. She's the fully pregnant potty trained one-year-old puppy comes next month i'm gonna be getting up at all different kinds of time for them are you okay. kidding crap crap she heard us she's moving let's get back to the topic let's not talk about her anymore <laughs> okay uh <laughs> other stuff you may have missed we were able to visit marasov in the queen's court this week and for all the destiny one veterans you may have noticed that she was quoting mysterious friend that she has yet to meet and the thing that i i drew on was the fact that she transmitted out of the uh the queen's court like that mysterious friend wait so i don't play a lot of in-game does this mean she's calmed down yeah she's basically (laughs) she said see us soon and she basically basically she gave us like some some parting words she basically had to leave to continue the fight and she told us to like stay strong, basically, and dipped out. So stuff is about to go down in the future. She was just mad at Ghost for, you know. Let's yeah. be honest, we get mad at our Ghost, too. He can be pretty annoying. Well, it was one of those situations where both of the Ghost was right for his side. You know, her people were dying. People are dying. At the same time, she was right to don't question her. She's dealing with larger things than... You know, we could probably imagine, um, you know, the chances she you you learn that Mara really cares about her people as a whole. So I'm sure it it might even though it might hurt her, she's trying to protect them in some way. So I think it's just a clash of opinions and viewpoints. You know, neither of them have the full picture. So. Yeah, that especially is is the case. Um, But like our ghost shouldn't have been shooting his mouth off the way he did. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what it boils down to. I have mixed feelings about Mara, and I feel like our ghost was a little bit warranted, but we could have been a little nicer, I guess. Sounds like Mara's a topic we should discuss another time, since we have mixed discussion on it. We're hoping to do the Mara Cinecine. We have these new lore books that are also interesting. I'm not 100% sure what our next episode will be, but I look forward to that. Yeah, I'm sure we'll figure it out. It's one of the interesting things. I hope so. (laughs) Yeah, we will, we will. One of the interesting things I liked about that is you notice uh, she talked about how she dreamt of a friend she would meet. I just thought that was interesting because we have some information from some of the existing lore books about Mara having dreams about things that actually would come to pass and happen. So I just found it quite interesting that she is dreaming about the Exo Stranger. And just that whole thing in general is kind of a, an odd, an odd fact. You know, she had had dreams about family members and all kinds of stuff in some of the, bo- the, the books. So I just thought it was interesting. She's dreaming about the Exo Stranger. Uh, I, I think we can be pretty positive that that's definitely the Exo Stranger. Uh, but then the yeah. big thing is, the reason we know it's the Exo Stranger is because she was quoting something that the Exo Stranger told us at the very, very beginning of D1. Um, like vanilla D1. Yeah, exactly. A, a side should always be taken, even if it's the wrong side. And it was ironic because the Stranger said that about how the Awoken have not chosen a side between light and dark. So I found that interesting. 
but also the fact that Mara is dreaming about a past like occurrence. I don't know. I, there's like some interesting things going on there that I've definitely am curious about. All right. <laughs> well, I think now that we've covered all that, let's get into our actual topic for the day. Right. So, for a brief intro to the topic, when guardians are res for the first time, it's like a clean slate for that person. They have no recollection of who they were before their death. We know that some guardians still search for clues into their past. We have some examples of uh, Anna Bray, uh, Shinobu, and Cade who have left themselves clues. Mm-hmm. And what I am curious to dig into more in this is why doesn't the Vanguard want Guardians to go digging around in the past? And that's where we come in. Hopefully we can make some answers to some of these questions. Or at least make more questions. I know what I was saying. So, like if not yeah. make more questions, you'll either have a better understanding or be more confused by the end of this episode. You know. Just this whole episode is more of a discussion <laughs> between us, but also kind of just a discussion about the topic. Um, to give everyone, people who don't know much about the lore, a basis for uh, kind of what this topic is, but maybe even those who are a little bit more versed to kind of just have some points. So um, we'd love to hear any like feedback or conversation or thoughts about even then it will talk topics, not just necessarily our uh, how good we <laughs> are doing with our podcast but or, you know or it'd poorly, be really nice you know. to hear yeah or, or poorly it would be really <laughs> nice to hear people's opinions about some of the topics too so um, those are definitely welcome let us know what questions maybe this prompted or what further discussion and debate it caused amongst you and your clan um the first topic that i, I really want to dive into is the fact that we have a few destiny one grimoire cards that showcase the fact that emotions and possibly some thoughts actually carry over your first death. I think it might be good to read these couple cards um, there. Not, or short cards, but they're really nice. And uh, we'll see cool stuff about how they basically all take place when the Guardian was res for the first time. And you'll see that like one clinging emotion, I guess the emotion that basically was them when they died, it's kind of like what brings back memories, and then they, but then build off of that as they continue on. So it's a very interesting thought that the last thought of the Guardian, if it's tied to strong emotion, could carry over to their first res. But as we'll see, it doesn't last. It fades off so quick. If you guys are okay with it, I'll go ahead and maybe read just this first card. We want to take, go ahead and read all three of these uh, ghost fragments, or should we do them one at a time? I think we should read them all at once. Otherwise, we're going to get so stuck in discussion in between each yeah. and every one of them. This episode's going to be like three hours long. <laughs> uh, precisely. Yes, these are definitely very uh, powerful ones. So. Yeah. Uh, we can I switch up read... readers in between. All right. So we will start by reading a shortened version of our first three cards. And these are all uh, ghost fragments from our Grimoire from Destiny 1. Um, and we have pulled some of the more uh, pertinent information out. So if you're interested in the whole cards, um, feel free to uh, read them yourself. And you can get all this stuff at Ishtar Collective, because that's where we found them all ourselves. So our first card is Ghost Fragment Awoken 3. Fear. That's the only vivid memory left in me. It's the moment when my fear was so thick and urgent 
that I gave up breathing. I stopped pretending to think. How I remained on my feet was a mystery, because the terror was bearing down on me like a mountain about to crush my soul. But I have to ask, what was terrifying me? I was trying to focus, and new thoughts took me. My soul lay between those entities, and that's how I am still. The boundary, the seam, the friction. And that's when the fear began to fade. All right. Our next card is Ghost Fragment XO3. But shame is a different affliction. I'm a soldier. I was forged by others' hands and forced into the role of a warrior. According to my scars, I fought and fought. Besides bits and flashes, every battle has been forgotten. But I have this clear, awful sense that others died. In my unit, every soldier was killed except for me. Yet, despite a thousand chances to be shredded and scrapped, here I stood, no weapon in my hands, making fists out of habit, but with nothing to hit. I'd fought to save the earth. That was my sense of things, but our world was collapsing around us, and every soul was doomed. Even cockroaches and microbes would die, and being an expert in the art of losing battles, I saw no ending to this battle, but another loss, and I was ashamed. And I will be covering Ghost Fragment Human 5. Hope. And standing with strangers. That's what I remember. Hope churning beneath my skin. Assuring me there was a place besides this place. A realm that would nurture us. Not kill us. The earth was ruin. Chaos and madness and death. We were standing on the earth. Where I am now. But why am I still here? It was my turn to leave. I remember. I was waiting with others like me, and the ships would soon take us away. But to where? Where was this hope? I must have known. There had to be a name. Coordinates. Except all of that is forgotten. Other than my absolute conviction in salvation, nothing remains. The Traveler. I remember that now. Which was... What? I don't know. Something has stolen my words, the imagery, but I still remember what it promised us, the universe. Yes, creation held in our hands, but I was there for a reason. And what would I surrender just for the faint chance to remember what that good reason was? Those are our three ghost fragments. We see here that we have some interesting occasions happening um all these examples of a human and exo and an awoken they all sound as if these are quite possibly guardians being resed for the first time and we see that they don't have a lot of information but they remember little snippets and little flashes of what was happening to them um you know when they i suppose when they died the first time um you know we don't know how Long ago, uh, it seemed that our guardian personally had been dead for a long time before we were rezzed. Um, so it's almost like they're rezzed with their last 
the last thoughts before their death. And you can imagine, um, you know, <laughs> your emotions right before you're about to die were probably pretty strong. And I guess I feel that that's possibly why some guardians might remember <clears throat> what happened to them. You know, we have these large emotions like fear. Actual part of the air, the card that we actually didn't read, um, but it talked about how that they remember they were what was terrifying them. That it was darkness had ruled the sky. Um, things were it was like an awful day, and that the fear didn't come just from the mayhem around them, but it was their own nature. And that was when they realized that they were awoken, and that they said that they still heard a voice in their head, quite possibly the queen. Um, so we see a little bit of a snippet of them remembering, just based off of the fear that they had, of what was going on, uh, triggering some old emotions. I thought that one was interesting. And then the same with shame. Uh, it sounded like this EXO was the only person in the unit who had survived. And, it sounded like you know, this EXO was suffering from survivor's guilt. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Right before he did, or she died. Yeah, I was thinking along the lines of <clears throat> Hyvin's comment about, you know, fear being such an overwhelming emotion. Well, it sounds like in this EXO's experience, the the feeling of defeat and loss happened so much that it kind of accumulated to the point where it just kind of became this background emotion that he constantly felt or thought about um, just because it was so much and so overwhelming and so frequent no matter you know how many times he was wiped it was just it kind of lingered yeah and yeah that card i appreciate how that card goes on i'm um, really every single card but the the shame card uh that exo goes on to, to to conclude with but despite the horrific loss i had endured closing my eyes i forced my fist to open this isn't over i said to this enemy to myself, to the wind threatening to carry me away. This war isn't done with me. Um, and all of them have very similar endings. Um, the fear, and that's when the fear began to fade. And then finally, hope. And what would I surrender just for the faint chance to remember what that good reason was? And we kind of, so we kind of see that these emotions were very, very strong. Um, but they quickly faded away and they kind of just became a new drive for these fighters to continue on so it, it it's almost as if it's almost as if these memories were almost purposely placed um there's a i guess you consider it a theory that quite possibly well it's not even a theory actually because osiris comments on how many how much of a guardian's memories are their own um were these memories placed in our heads or were these events that actually happened? Um, we see very strong emotions driving these characters to fight and to continue on. Um, so, you know, it just helps us appreciate, does every Guardian have this experience? You know, if so, what are the chances that everyone right before they yeah. died had some drive? Or maybe that is that spark that the ghosts look for, a, a reason for the person they're about to res to not be done with life, but a drive to continue on. So I just thought that, I don't know if you I guys have any thoughts a, on yeah, you know, I do how much is fabricated. Good, mm -hmm, I think there's a good 
theory and point to that being, you know, that these are potentially manufactured because it's like you said, I mean, if they didn't have that, they'd be rezzed and be like, well, what the heck am I supposed to do now? Like, just live life a second time? You know, I mean, you almost have to have that drive. Like, they need something that they're fighting for. So you're right. I mean, it, the question is, are they manufactured or is that what the ghost is looking for? Somebody who would have that drive. Maybe that is particularly what they're scanning for. And I think an argument can be made for both sides um, due to the frequency of seeing that. Yeah. Well, and, and so I'm personally on, on the, the side of the argument where I think it's more of it's not manufactured. This is more of a natural thing, and it doesn't happen to all Guardians because, I mean, there's at least record of one Guardian that it doesn't happen to. You know, our Guardian. Um, yeah, I was just thinking that too. But also the fact that our Guardian, so that one's kind of conflicting. You know, the reason our Guardian doesn't talk and doesn't do stuff because it's supposed to be us portraying our feelings into the Guardian. So I kind of feel like they couldn't have put those feelings just the fact that a, we came back to life, we're told to pick up a weapon and fight back, I would say that gave us some kind of drive, you know, to continue on. So, But no, I do see your point, though. We but, well, have never got it, any flashbacks to memories at all. Isn't Cade's res story, if I remember correctly from past episodes, like he freaks out and falls off a cliff and dies? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he didn't necessarily have that initially. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's more lore that we're about to read a little further on that'll <laughs> give me cool. more insight on that. Well, but yeah. he kind of seemed like he flopped about there a bit and didn't have much drive to pick up the gun. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and who's to say that it's not our ghost that's pushing us to, you know, pick up a gun? Because in some of the, the past cards that we've read, you know, it we've had seen ghosts rehearsing you know you are a warrior of the light you know you are a defender of the light yeah so we might not have our memories we might remember the the strong emotions not everyone but some of us will remember the strong emotions um but like when we're first rezzed it's kind of like we're newborns again and our goat, our our ghost. Sorry, excuse me. Our ghost is sitting there going, "Okay, okay, pick up a gun. Yeah, okay, good, good. Now shoot that thing. Okay, good." Yeah. <laughs> so well, that bring. Oh, go ahead. Doing it. Exactly. I was just gonna say that that just brings up kind of the the question that I've heard for so long is, what are the ghosts? You know, what are they looking for? Um, we hear sometimes that it's like we have that spark, or that, or maybe we have a, a a large amount of light. You know, as guardians, we hear light used all the time. We learn that every living thing has light. Um, it's just that some maybe have more, or maybe we get more light from the traveler. Um, but who's to say? Like, what are what are the ghosts looking for? Are they looking for us to be malleable and flexible? Um, that do they res guardians? Who and I've seen some uh, some comedy spoofs of. You know, the guardian who's rezzed asks a whole lot of questions. So the ghost just kills him again and moves on to find a new guardian. <laughs> like, what? what is the ghost looking for? Um, are they looking for someone who will just pick up a weapon and be a super soldier? 
And or, you know, in occasions like this, do they jumpstart some guardians with a little bit of a memory of their past? You know, because I'm also the camp that I don't think that the snippets that we have from some of the lore are fabrications, kind of like Osiris said. Um, but I also don't think that the light as is as noble as some may think. It's not the light is the good side. The darkness is the bad side. Um, a character in game, Ulantan, theorizes that where there's dark, there has to be light. You know, it's a balance. It's a yin and yang kind of yep. situation that I personally agree with. Um, you know, the Vanguard at one point kind of considered that heresy. Um, that's also kind of some of the stuff Osiris and um, Tolan get into. Um, Vanguard doesn't like that. But we are talking about later about how the Vanguard doesn't want us to remember things. Um, so, you know, the, the, the Traveler might not be bad, but at the same time, its goal is to make super soldiers. Does it really care about individual Guardians' feelings? That's a good point. I, I don't think they would. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's sacrifice the, the emotions and feelings of one to save the lives of millions. Yeah. And I think that's why we're wiped. Because um, if we had all that baggage from our past life, I mean, what is it going to do? Some people it might drive, but the majority of people, it's going to cloud your judgment. If you're worried about friends, family, figuring out if you still have anyone left, you know, how, yeah. how focused or efficient are you going to be? So I think it's not just like brain bad. degradation, but almost, uh, almost purposeful. I mean, and this isn't into a deeper topic, but there's all lot of conversation about uh, is is the traveler as good as we think are we even on the right side you know um, yeah no i yeah. think that's sad though just like the thought of like just brought back to be machines basically yeah. it's like you said yeah like they are wiped because emotion and love and joy and all of that really would get in the way of the purpose of what the traveler wants I mean, you, you know, hear that? There's a show I used to watch, and it basically said um, spies don't come from happy families. Happy families don't make good spies because to be that, you have to be distrusting, disloyal, lie. Ruthless. And yeah, <laughs> and basically, you have to have no family ties. You have to be willing to do whatever. And so you come from people who either you have no family at all or bad backgrounds and stuff like that to become that person. And so, yeah, like it just kind of makes me think like it's just easier. Yeah. If the guardian has no thought, cause you're right. I mean, uh, if I died and came back 50 years later, the first thing I do was, okay, is Hyven still alive? Where is he? Can so I Steve get Steve Rogers him? did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, so you're right. I mean, if I had any thought or memory of you, and that would be my initial inclination. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know. That kind of paints the travelers, like, dirty There's, to me. Uh, you know, both people in the community, but also in-game, uh, that's, that's a topic. That is something to discuss. I mean, that's mm -hmm. not exactly, I guess, what we're getting in here, but that is an aspect of it. You know, we have the introduction of Dark Guardians in old, but it's becoming kind of a big thing. We have quite possibly the drifter. 
um, some of the shadows of yore we've talked about a little bit. Um, but who's to say that they might not have a fuller picture about, you know, the balance of light and dark necessarily. Um, just recently, the queen, actually, just this last week when we just met her, she said that when there's a large amount of darkness, the light must cast it away. But when it's too light, the darkness comes in and feeds or something like that. I think yeah, that balance there's is that important. balance always. Yeah. When there is so, too much darkness in the universe, light must cast it. it away. And when there is too much light, darkness must drown it out. Yep, there it is. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the Awoken definitely understand it, but I just find it interesting that now some Guardians are starting to think differently. Um, it's almost as if, the, see, another thing is the Vanguard is based off of the speaker. The speaker is supposed to speak for the Traveler. For all we know, the speaker is, there's a lot of people who don't like the speaker. Um, you know, he's gone now, but he shaped the Vanguard. So he was probably the one who originally decided that we weren't supposed to look into our past. Um, so it's one of those things where you've been possibly told lies your whole life. You just don't know how to question it. So. Sounds like my life. <laughs> Gosh. Like when you finally have your eyes open, you're like, well, damn, that's different. Yeah. And but <laughs> as we move on, we do have, though, that Guardians are not complete empty shells. Um, even in our, our Guardians case, yeah, we're like power, loot-hungry, crazy Guardians running around, jumping off towers, killing ourselves, fighting stuff. Um, but then you have something like Kate is murdered, and we are driven to hunt down his murder and seek vengeance. Um, so it shows that we are not completely mechanical um, in the sense of no emotion. You know, we're not programmed, but we are maybe wiped clean. Um, so, you know, when emotions, so, um, you know, emotions did kind of cloud our judgment. Um, you know, Zavala talks, and even Ikora say that they can't sanction us to go fight by ourselves when there's a whole city that needs to be taken care of. Um, so it, it, we definitely see that Guardians have emotion, um, but it's more of a sense that their previous emotions have been cast away. And I think it's more so because of the memories, not necessarily... Well, know, and, and the, the Guardians' previous identity yeah. is pretty much just washed away. Yeah. I mean, that's what it boils down to. And that brings us into our next set of cards, if we want to jump into those uh yeah i just wanted to uh, i guess read the memento card real quick it's only about like five lines oh yeah um yeah i like that maybe for a conflicting voice there mrs hyven can you read the one all the lines that say uh 2.1 when we get there yeah and i'll read the sorry you'll read the twos i'll read the the ones yeah um, but this is a so it's entitled Ghost Fragment Memento. This is a D1 card. It's type live combat feed between parties two, one guardian type class warlock, one guardian type class warlock. Associations, Crucible, Earth, European Dead Zone, Lord's Shacks, Memento, Red Jacks. Audio unavailable. Transcription follows. Sometimes I dream about places I've never been. It's normal among guardians dreams about the time before i dream about this place maybe you lived here i think i died here 
And that just goes to show that... Well, so would that still be emotion? I mean... I, yeah, but at the same time, this is an occasion where, you know, so we don't technically have confirmation of those cards were before we're 100% Guardians. But it seems very, it's, it's pretty, seems pretty accurate that they were freshly resed Guardians, possibly. This considering, about, I mean, how many people die and come back to life yeah, exactly. with emotions. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Whereas this card are two Guardians just kind of sitting talking. So this is not even a fresh like drive of emotion when they're res this is they're sitting there like pondering over their yeah i mean their feelings but their emotions you know it's like it's a sense of deja vu you know this just sitting there exactly. this place is familiar mm-hmm. i think that's what it is i think that's what gets me here it's that you know we're told that um as you know as humans they say that smell really it can um, affect our memory sensors. So perhaps this was their first time being back at this spot and the smell and the air and the way it looked and there was just something that conjured up in his brain and he just couldn't ignore the familiarity or the deja vu of it. Also the fact that this seems like these are possibly guardians who are helping maybe clear out with Red Jacks a uh, section of area. And um, this is a memento. Is actually a map from D1. It's an it's an old abandoned city that we have a crucible map on. Um, it's in but the I, it's, yeah, it's just kind of fitting that this is possibly old buildings. Um, it was almost this guardian got here and was like, this seems familiar. And you know the other guardians. I think may, maybe you lived here. You know we all have these weird emotions from time to time. And it's like, no, I'm I'm pretty sure this is where I died. Like you know this is my home. So um, wait. Wasn't this the map that had the, the church that was all destroyed? Yes. Cath- cathedral. Was when you could walk in the church? This yeah. was the one where you could... It was a... Uh, it was like kind of like a snipe lane down the middle and to the Are left. Are you getting at that his funeral could have been there? <laughs> I wasn't, but, you know... It's like, <laughs> insane... This is yeah. It's like a it's like apartment buildings. There's I mean there's a there's a lot of interesting stuff. So I just kind of thought that that was quite interesting too. That this is not a newly raised guardian. This is a guardian who is just kind of noticing stuff around them. And the other guardian replies, you know, we all we all we all have these dreams, you know. So it's just kind of a kind of an interesting topic. Well, I mean, clearly all of these are interesting topics, or we wouldn't be discussing them. It's true, it's true. But, you know, we've already, uh, we have the sense that emotion has some kind of play, but almost also that familiar locations have something that, you know. There's a nostalgia to places that can, you know, evoke emotion. So it's kind of crazy how just four lines can, four or five lines can show that yeah. here mm-hmm. yeah that's a powerful card and it's just like a little bit of an introduction and then five lines of text and i i just love how it's it's a a crucible transcript mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah they just like finished clearing out an area or finished a crucible match and they just decided to talk about their past lives it's very interesting all right. Well, that's kind of my thoughts on 
some of the, the, the little snippets of memory that Guardians receive. Um, do you guys have anything else about that? Or do you guys want to move on to um, clues of Guardians past? I'm ready to move on. We'll start back up then. And Elemis, why don't you take lead on this next? Both the All talking right. point and the, uh, I guess, maybe starting us off. So, despite Guardians being, you know, a clean slate, some Guardians have clues to their past. Um, this first one is Anna Bray. And this is actually from a cutscene introducing the Warmind um, expansion. I think it's before the, the very first uh, mission. Or as part of like the very first mission. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a quick cutscene. It's also mentioned in the um, the comic, like the first page of the, uh, I guess the web comic. Yeah. Um, so, Anna has an actual badge with like her name. It's a Clovis Bray badge. So it's you know her employer. I don't ID. know how many. Other people actually have employer IDs, but, you know, they can get kind of descriptive. Especially when you work for somewhere like Clovis Bray that created the Exos and the Warmind and yeah. some of the greatest scientific breakthroughs ever. So what we're getting at here, badges are important. <laughs> there was another uh, mission that she actually talks about her family. And this is from actually digging around in her past. She's going around to different Clovis Bray facilities, trying to uncover her past. Um, but she ends up saying, the Brays dreamed big. I don't know much about my family, but I know that. And sorry, Hyvin, I think I took that from you. <laughs> no, you're fine. You, like I said, you can take, you take point on this. Because, like, contribute in. Now no one knows who should talk. <laughs> now go ahead with your point. <laughs> We're just kind of flowing conversational here, so. You're talking to me. I should go ahead with my point. If, did you have no. a point? I did have a point. Yeah, go for it. Because when I first was going through show notes, I was like, how could she know that? And um, I was like, I don't. Like, I, just, I don't know. Like, I just didn't get it. I was like, how, how could she know they dreamed big? Like, wh what caused her to say that? But now, when you're explaining all of what this company did, and it has her family name on it, I mean, yeah, when your name's on an entire company, you could, you could probably venture to say, like, not an entire company. I mean, I'm not talking about, like, small mom and pop kind of thing. But, like, it does not sound like that's what this was. So I feel like, yeah, she could easily assume, you know, I don't know much else, but I know that they dreamed big and did big things yeah when so even even we know a lot about the braves um <laughs> it's just because they were so big you know there's records um so maybe she was wiped clean when she started um but she would have had tons and tons uh, anna bray has been around from she's actually a fairly a pretty old guardian um she yeah. was at some of the first you know some at the founding of the city um some of the big battles so um you know she's had a lot of time to uh, to familiarize herself with the world, um, you know, Cade worked for Clovis Bray at one point. Um, we have some of the Ishtar Collective Sciences working and talking about jobs at Clovis Bray. 
Um, Clovis Prey had to do with Exos, like I said. Uh, Warmind. Um, we have the Iron Lords. Some of them having a fascination with Clovis Prey. Like he uh, and most of the facilities on Mars that we run around in D1 are all Clovis Bray facilities. So it's everyone Heck, knows Clovis Bray. The facilities Bray. we run around on Mars in D2 are Clovis yeah. Bray facilities. <laughs> Everything on Mars is Clovis Bray. Most all buildings and technology that you see are related to Clovis Bray, um, the company, not well, the man and the company. But um, so yeah, Anna Bray seen a name tag that she's a Bray. Um, somebody, you know, someone asks, who, what's your name? Oh, I'm Anna Bray. And they're like, oh, holy crap, you're, you're a Bray? You know, that's going to raise questions. We find out she's, I, guess, I think she's actually an adoptive daughter, but that's beside the point. We do get a little bit of information yeah. about her. The Brays is a whole episode we could do also. But yeah, like you said there, Mrs. Ivan, it was, it wasn't just a, oh, my family must have been really cool because they're my family no she like yeah, knows who like she's related deal. to yeah she knows who she's related to think of it like an evil well not evil but like a morally gray sciency walmart oh yeah there's definitely a lot of um <laughs> moral um some fudging of edges in on morality when it comes to the whole bray facility and their research um we have some of the some of Anna's sisters. Uh, one in particular is not the the nicest. There is some tests that were done on people, um, and when scientists didn't want to perform those tests, they were replaced. Kind of stuff. So, yeah, that's another reason I think why um, Zavala Anna Bray says that Zavala wouldn't be happy about us digging around Bray. I think there's a lot of stuff that happened in Bray that is, once again, not beneficial to the current saving of humanity. I mean, I think the inf- I personally think the information we find in a Bray facility could lead us to some technology, um, some technological advancements and various answers to questions. Um, but that's more me as a, uh, a lore junkie who wants more questions about, I mean, answers to my questions. As far as effective... For fighting the darkness, I really don't need to know what the heck where Exos came from and what the Deep's Cone crypt is in order for me to be effective, if that makes sense. It's just something I would like to know. Right. As historians, we need to know. <laughs> yeah. Alright. Now, I'm curious about the next little blurb on Anna here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read it. And says, I've forgotten so much of my past life, of my family. But when I hold this rifle, everything feels right. I feel like I'm home. So I'm assuming you two know which rifle she's referring to. And potentially could it's, tell me why this is so important. It's actually the Polaris the, Lance. The flavor test. Text for Polaris Lance. Oh, it's right there. Man. See, <laughs> LMS has such good notes for us. And I just... Not even paying attention. <laughs> so it's the Polaris Lance. Um, it's a rifle that she specifically designed. Um, and I believe it it was actually designed before she became a Guardian. So that's another one. Um, so yeah. Polaris Lance has a lot more information on it. Uh, well, it's not a lot. I, I, I mean, maybe I could read it. It's... Basically, she talks about receiving this weapon as a gift from her sister. 
Uh, but she describes it as if this is a memory she's reliving. And we know that she's not supposed to have memories, so I'm not 100% sure where she got it. Look, the braids are weird. We also her her sister that gave her this weapon is also the exo stranger. So, um, right. Uh, there's there's a whole lot of craziness going on here. But yeah, she was given this weapon from her sister Elsie Bray. It was a broken weapon. Um, I don't know, maybe as a gift, a little project for her to fix up. Um, specifically, it says Elsie, no, I've been working in the lab trying to perfect the scout rifle design in secret. I thought she'd be angry that a weapon like this was a brave project, not something for her adopted little sister. Sister, This morning, she surprised me. She handed me the weapon, a smile on her face. She told me she had checked it over, but only I could finish it. A real piece of Braytech, and it's mine. I finally feel like I found my place. The Brays are more than just scientists. They're my family. As I mentioned before, she is an adopted child, um, but this weapon was very close to her. Because this weapon was given on her to finish as her own project. So, you know, she was brought into the family as a scientist and a, a member. So that's why it holds, once again, motion to her. Um, but I'm also very curious how she remembers this. You know, that's that, really specific. Well, no. So, like, that yeah. sounded like a diary entry to me. I think you're probably right. Yeah, I and, think and, a lot of the information not necessarily, that we have there. And not necessarily like a written diary, but like a log journal or some kind of... of yeah, yeah. Because, no, you're we know she, right. because we know she logged in at Clovis Bray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all scientists there would have logged their research, and this would have been a project that was happening. So she probably would have had detailed notes about her encounters and things that she was working on. And honestly, this was probably one of those notes. We get more information about Guardian's memories probably from her than anyone. Just because that that name was so big, um, she was able to get access to so much um, in Bray facilities uh, that we get a lot of information. So um, Anna Bray is a really interesting character, and her family is really interesting. Um, You know, maybe we save that for another podcast. Exactly. Topic, but you know this just shows <laughs> that strong emotions and little snippets of memory are there. Does that make sense, Mrs. Hyphen? Any other questions about that? I'm sure you're probably like, no, it actually makes a lot. All of really sense. cool for you. Yeah, no. Um, I find it interesting that I mean, because Anna was the story or the basically the, the DLC. DLC right before Forsaken. So, I mean, yep. this is pretty recent that all of this has happened. So I feel like, you know, just two DLCs ago, things got really, like, shaken up in in this narrative. Um, yeah. I mean, this information and these lore books that we're getting now in D2, um, we, you know, we didn't really get this stuff in the first year. In Destiny 1, nothing was this nice and tied up. It was all little snippets. So, uh, you know, this has been really, really nice. Yeah, the Grimmar is so great. <laughs> we have so much information now, but like, it's just a lot to it's dissect. It's all so good, but it was all so scattered. But yeah. anyway. We could go forever on her. Right. Well, hey, let's move on to another character we could talk about forever. <laughs> since I took and, your previous one, do you want to read this one? Uh, sure, that works. 
Uh, how much of this should we read? Uh, you want to read the whole snippet? I know this is still uh, edited yeah, version. Uh, uh, maybe I'll just kind of summarize it. I've read the whole book. But yeah. we are talking about Cage 6. Um, he is going to be an interesting topic uh, because not only is he a guardian, but he is also an exo. Um, and just like Anna had left notes for herself, Cade has left notes for himself because of his resets as an exo, um, which had benefited him as a guardian later on. So um, this is a snippet from, of course, this is all, we learned a lot of this information from the lore book, The Man They Call Cade. And so part of, the, uh, part of that book is the card Call. Um, and maybe I will read a little bit of this. So he says, so here goes, us exos are haunted. Sounds ominous, I know, and maybe a bit of a stretch. But really, it's the best word. Kind of sets the stage in a way that raw facts don't. See, guardians have all got past lives. But unless you returned with any definitive info on your person or in proximity, I'm looking at you, Bray, that past life or lives was or were wiped clean. Reborn in the light and all, you become what you become. And here's the interesting point. Exos, though, we've got ghosts in our machines. Not capital G, open doors and no things ghosts. I mean, like fragments of... I don't know, a piece of something that could be memory. Whatever it is, it's enough to give us a starting point to maybe, possibly, imagine who we were before we came, became who we are. And then there's the dreams. But I ain't touching that with a 10-foot arc staff. Uh, he continues on to talk about how he was one of the few lucky ones. Um... Because he had more than just those little flashes of exo memory. Uh, because he left himself journals, some mementos, and just kind of fragments of his past life. Um, he had personal journals. Uh, we actually have access to some of those journals. Those are... Uh, uh, he wrote it in a copy of Treasure Island. So that's Cade's Treasure Island book that you can get as a collector's what do you call that? It was something included in the collector's edition. Yeah, it's just it a book in the collector's the, edition. It was one of the swag for the collector's edition. Yeah, some of the swag. <laughs> exactly. So we have a couple of those. So he talks about how he shared some of them, but not all. Um, and in fact, I would encourage all to read this book. I would love to cover this one soon. Also, there's so many books; it's hard to choose what episodes we do. Um, but he goes into a lot more detail about some of his, his memories. Um, these journals were not actually left for us. Uh, these journals are written to himself. Um, his possible future reset itself. That doesn't have a lot of information. Um, so he was leaving journals for himself as an exo because um, Cade didn't become an exo because he was dying and needed a body. He worked for Clovis Bray 
Um, and it sounds what well, we 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 know basically know he was in debt and he kind of had to uh, he had to be the guinea pig. He was basically kind of the tech subject to as part of the EXO program, kind of seeing if it worked. So I would imagine that he had some trepidation, but knowing kind of how the process worked, knew that he might not have all his memories, so he left himself journals. Then, of course, he died, was raised as a guardian. He found those journals, and now he still continues to write them to himself so that every time he's reset, um, he still can be the person who he was. Um, he wants to continue to be a good person and to continue growing and to, to continue to be somebody that his past himself would have loved and would have liked. So that's kind of what the whole book talks about. Um, but once again, the important parts are we see stuff like him referencing guardians don't remember anything unless you're Anna Bray, who has a piece of, um, you know, an item or something that has an identity or someone like him who has uh, uh, journals. Because even he says that the fragments he receives as an EXO are so hard to explain that even he's not touching that with a 10-foot arc staff. And we do have some information on that. But once again, that's a whole other episode on EXOs. Uh, so that kind of covers the Cade card. Like, feel free to cut me off if I ramble too far. <laughs> it's all good. I didn't even pick up that it it specifically called out Anna before. Yeah, I thought that one was funny. Like, I think I just glossed over that. Right, I had to go back and look and be like, notes. wait, did he add that? <laughs> nope. Yeah, this is a more current journal entry, you know? So we have some past journal entries from Cade, but this one would have been fairly fresh because he's talking about Anna knowing her identity as a guardian. So this is after a guardian he's writing this journal. Um, yeah, and then he continues on in the next card, Bad Beat, to talk about how he has flashes of memory before he was Garden, but just flashes. That's when we hear stuff about the Queen and Ace, you know, his possible wife and daughter, and about how, you know, they may not have actually been real. He's not even... Sh- it sounds like... I don't know how, how you feel about that one, Elamist, and I, I know uh, there, Mrs. Hyven, you haven't actually, I don't believe, read these. Yeah, but, you, I know you've touched on it some, so I am, I don't know, curious about that. Um, but I don't, I don't know if you guys, what you guys feel about it, but I feel that um, some people say that these people are definitely not real. Kate confirms it here. I think that Cade himself doesn't know that they're real, but that just doesn't matter because he doesn't have, he has nothing about his past life um, exactly. except for these, these two figures once again, with strong emotion, that he has tied his whole being to. Um, he basically took what he had and has crafted himself a new personality based off of what he did have. Um, you know, we see that these Guardians, they, they cling so strongly. Um, Anna Bray is so obsessed with the War Mine and the Clovis Bray facility. Cade always talks about um, the crazy stuff that he has to go through as an EXO and, uh, you know, about his... his possible wife and kids so as as far as that is concerned uh, like i i've got my own theories and we'll talk about it later um (laughs) in a later episode but like you said it it doesn't matter if they were real or not because he's using them as a driving force yeah i mean heck at the end of this card but the flashes, like daydreams, they yeah. promised something more. Something other than suffering and war. 
So I clung to them and I built my truth and it made me a better man. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly I was exactly I was going to and I was just going to even just coming on the line before talking about how that when he came to for the first time, he felt so alone, broken. His ghost tried to comfort him. His life felt hollow, so he ran. Um and then what just as you said, he just didn't have anything. He made a life for him. Right. Tried to make himself a better man. So, I mean, it 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 literally boiled down to him reading his journals seeing these two figures and building up these ideas in his head that became his driving force and that's why i say personally i don't know i can i personally will not say for a fact that he made these figures up you know my kind of head canon is these were probably figures in his life but between multiple journal entries multiple deaths, multiple resets. Uh, you know, none of us can really be sure, you know, who they were, if they even existed. You know, maybe the woman was just a pretty face in the crowd, and the kid was somebody he helped one time, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know if these people existed, but it really doesn't matter. You know, as we're talking about, Guardians just have so little from their past life. I mean, imagine if you woke up tomorrow with amnesia and knew nothing and you found one little thing or you had one person super nice to you told you that they were your best friend you know i i would imagine you would probably cling to that so that's kind of my feeling about kind that's of a good point kind of cade's whole personality and who he is I feel like I need to go write another journal. Only one I have is from like four years ago, and it was a really <laughs> depressing time in my life. I was journaling about it to make me feel better. I wake yeah. up with an amnesia tomorrow. It's gonna be a sad journal read. I'm gonna be like, it's my gonna be sucks. No, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> I'm gonna fill in the blanks the way. <laughs> I will say I the one it. thing that that journal does bring out is how much I love my husband. So, oh, well, thank you. I I will say that uh that uh. It would confirm to me that I actually do love this random stranger laying next to me. <laughs> but see, now you know why journals are important. You don't want to end up like our guardian. No, not a freaking no clue about us. Yeah, we know nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a point somewhere in there that I don't remember anymore. Oh so, yeah. I do want to say one of the Just things something I about Kate. about the, the not really knowing one way or the other about his wife and kid I like that it gives us the opening to choose for ourselves. Yeah. yeah. I like to think that he does have a son. Yeah, one personal... whom he loved very much. One whom yeah. he sacrificed yeah. for and kind of was like the sacrifice that made him who he is and want to be such a respectable character. Like, I, I don't care if, if Ace was real or not. When I don't care who you are. When you watch Cade's last stand, that cutscene, mm -hmm. when he knows he's about to die for the last time, he lifts his gun, doesn't fire, and says, I'm coming home, Ace. Like, that was just, like, a stab to the heart for me, man. For oh, real. Yeah, it was. Like, I, it didn't matter it if he knew who that was, but it was so real to him. He just closed his eyes, lifted his weapon, and just... It was almost like it. relief. Like he was just like, I'm just, I'm ready to be there. You know, he's been waiting. This fight. Let me be with yeah. them. He's so, t he says in his, his journals, 
that if there's a K87, something's wrong. He didn't want to be reset anymore. And not to mention that seven's an unlucky number for him because of like poker and stuff. But he didn't <laughs> want to come back. You know, he, he's been a guardian or a super soldier for so long. He's run the course. He, I think, you know, it's not that he wanted to die, but he was ready to accept his fate. He and it's started doing sad. all kinds of crazy things and was like, eh, if it happens, it happens. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of sad. <laughs> I think he acknowledged that guardians are tools, that exos, we know that exos are tools. They at one point worked for the war mine. I mean, we at least know that we know that exos were probably based off of frame technology some way. So, I mean, the poor guy had been a tool his whole life. And both his lives. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> that is a really good point. Yeah, that's Cade. He's a he's a whole topic, and, and we'll definitely jump into that one sometime, for sure. Um, That's on so. List too. Let's just jump into the next guardian. <laughs> sure. Next. This oh, is yeah. actually one that we covered previously. Yeah, exactly. We've read exactly. this card. Very very funny to me. I love this one. Well, okay, we haven't actually read all of this. We've read. The one we're about to read? Yeah, yeah, this, the, this mm-hmm. first one. The application is actually new and really important. But yeah. Well, one of you do tell. <laughs> well, would you like to go over the, the refresh of that, of the seven card? Ghost Stories yeah. card? So we previously read this one in our Ghost Stories arc. Um, <laughs> It was one where the ghost came upon a building and basically found <clears throat> a villain of some sort. I, I don't recall what kind of enemy it was. It was a vandal. It was a vandal, a fallen. Thank you. Oh, there it says it there. Yes, it was a vandal. And he was just like, no, 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 no. Like, why are you telling me to res this guy? This is not my guardian. But he goes with the light, he reses in that direction like he thinks he's supposed to, and to his surprise and relief, the Vandal actually gets basically just thrown off of the Awoken. It's just like, this dead body, get it out of here. It's quite comical, kind of. Yeah, that along with with the refrigerator that's apparently, I don't know, (laughs) top of the side, it's just all a mess. Um, He's stuck under a fridge. Yeah, you death and, by fridge. And a woman right. gets up. And uh, actually, the exact line of throwing this vandal off says, An awoken man sits up and pushes the dead vandal off his chest like an unwelcome blanket on a hot summer night. So, <laughs> really good visual picture. Um, to which the awoken then asks the ghost, Who are you? And what am I? And the ghost says, I'm your ghost. And uh, that's how Savin started calling his ghost your ghost. And they introduce each other, and basically he's just like, all right, let's go. And I love it. I love that he's like, all right, your ghost. He's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> the, right. I, I, why battle it? <laughs> yeah, right. And then one thing that I don't know why this whizzed by me before but he gives him an answer when he asks him what his name was oh yeah he does he picks his name he says Uh, Savin yes I think I call myself Savin 
We will Not find like, out. I think I'll call myself Savin, like just picking a name, but that that phrasing is very important. I just find it interesting because as we move on, we find that was not his actual name. Um, so he was wrong, but I'm quite curious what made him say Savin. Was it like the classic thing in a movie where he just read the, the refrigerator label or some kind of crap like that? <laughs> the or... fridge was Savin brand. <laughs> right. Uh, but I just found that interesting. Um, you know, for remembering nothing, he says, yes, I, I think I call myself Savin, so... It's just kind of interesting. Geez, if I do get amnesia, I've had like three names. What would I say? I'm curious. I'm just going to call myself Savin. (laughs) (laughs) And that was the ghost story Savin card. There is another Savin card in the Dreaming City lore book. And going over that one quickly. Let's say, how do you, that is a really long it's a fantastic card. Yeah. That talks about it is an amazing why, card. Why like Mar doesn't like guardians and everything, but I mean, you just kind of want to think we should just summarize it. I think we'll we'll read it when we do Dreaming the, the, City. The, I think I'm I'm going to do select pieces. All right. Yeah, cuz we're going to do the Dreaming City book at some point too. So. It, yeah. All right. We're going to do um, all the books. <laughs> someday, that's the goal if we're still around. Long as we still Only have on one episode listen. nine, we got a ways to go. We got all the books. <laughs> so, um, it is a guardian. She said, "Once it was Chow Mu. He had left the reef alone, knowing that he could never return to see his family again to repair a failing climate controller in what had once been Earth's Gobi breadbasket. He had said he could not bear." To watch the world wither. Uh, skipping down a little more. The awoken man looked at him, then back at Mara, Your Majesty, he said, bowing. My name is Savin. You do not remember your wives? He did not. You do not remember your child, who is now a hundred and ten? He did not. You do not remember your passion, which was the insulation of minutely sensitive detectors from all but the most specific and subtle radiations. He did not, except that he said he could touch magnetic fields and loved to tweak the minuscule weave of the circuits in his robe. He had a zoo-goer's enthusiasm for particle physics. To what do you owe your loyalty, your majesty? Savin, who was Chow Mu, said, My ghost told me that I am a guardian of the Traveler, reborn in its light. I was not a day old when your brother waylaid me. I think I'm going to stop there. But essentially, Mara and her brother and the Techians all, you know, poke, prod, test Savin to try and find out why he doesn't remember what's going on, What what's all up with Guardians. Because they knew him as Chow Mu, but he is going by the name Savin now, and he doesn't remember any of his past. And they even ask, are you intrinsically good? And his response is, I hope so. <laughs> right. I just want to talk about the phrase. It has nothing to do with the narrative we're speaking on. 
but a zoo goer's and that enthusiasm. Like I need to, <laughs> I need to sprinkle that into my conversation now. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before, but now that you say that, I can't really put my finger on. Like, that's a very odd expression. I mean, most people are really. In, imagine a little kid going to the zoo; they're really freaking excited. <laughs> For lions, tigers, and bears. A... Oh my! Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. A zoo goers. I mean, man, that's just. I, I don't know. I've been to the zoo once, and my sister threw up. So maybe that's why it's not hitting me appropriately. <laughs> oh gosh! But it's a weird expression, and I'm totally gonna use that more. So. Prepare, Hyven. I'm just going to say the card does continue to say that the queen talks about how she was aware of uh, Risen, as we've talked about pre-Guardians, and the cruel fiefdoms they had sometimes enabled. Um, So she is kind of aware of what Guardians are. So she is just... She's kind of like us. We want to know how much Guardians remember she wanted to know how much Guardians remember because she goes on to, she says, now the Queen asked the Tekians to assess the differences between Chaomu, they remembered, and the Savant returned as Guardian of the Traveler using their most sensitive physical and psychological tests. Yeah, they made him a test subject for a while. I don't know if it was willing or not, but I hope they got some answers. Because we don't. <laughs> right. I'm also like, good Good job on your name, buddy. I mean, it's it's nowhere near what it was, but nice, nice try. Right? Like, how did he get Savin from Chow Mu? I'm telling you, man, they have some weird fridge brand or something. <laughs> um, and the only other things I see in the card, maybe. Okay, hold on. Point up. is, we have some personality traits, maybe for Savin. Um, what were you gonna say? I just looked up Savin. Huh? It is in fact a company. <laughs> yes. It was known primarily it? for its line of liquid toner photocopiers. So I'm just saying, perhaps he's in an office building. Oh, oh my God. You might he's be in right. an office building in the, in the Gobi Desert. Also, Dude. interestingly Dude. enough, headquarters are in Chao, Tokyo. Sounds like some bungee writers just got all their information from one source. Yeah, so just a fun fact. It really could be Hyven's theory of he just looked around and was like, mm, Savin. Yeah, yeah, that could be. <laughs> this is my new favorite theory, and I'm sticking to it. And oh, I just God. wanted to have... <laughs> that is very helpful, but I'm not going to go down the <laughs> rabbit hole too long. Um Back on this card, this is kind of another aspect of Savin doesn't have any memory, but we see how effective this makes him. Um, We not only see people feel uneasy because the ghost appears to be watching, observing, reporting. Ghosts seem to be nice and just as ignorant as as us guardians. But, you know, I'm sure they were kind of wondering. You know, sometimes I wonder how much our ghost actually knows. Um, you know, does it know as little as us or does it know more? Uh, but as far as how Savin was an effective soldier, it moves on to say that Savin was most of all greedy, not in the grasping manner of the petty, but in an enormous, all-consuming way 
for he desired materials and experiences that would temper him into a better guardian. And he was always experimenting with his strange powers in foolish ways and left him briefly dead, seeking a new super ability or some way to make my grenades faster. He grew tired of performing trivial tasks about the reef, complaining that the dangerous repairs he made were endless and boring and that he wanted to move on to new worlds. Um, he left into space repeatedly and without reason, as if his death were no more traumatic than a hop off a curb. Obsessed with reward and efficiency, he would rather do one profitable thing a thousand times than waste his efforts on a less beneficial novelty. So this is a little bit of a, a poke by the writers at uh, us as Guardians in-game. But uh, it also stresses how he was all about effectiveness. It's funny because it's literally Bungie's writers poking at us as a community. Yeah, they literally put in italics a new super ability and also some way to make my grenades faster. And then how often, yeah, I mean, the, the little line about rather do one profitable thing a thousand times and waste efforts on less beneficial novelty. The loot exactly. cave in D1. Let's, exactly. Let's be honest. But I, once again, I give props to them how they are able to introduce. Uh, this is why I think they crafted. They crafted such a great game. They made a guardian who didn't have a backstory so that we kind of made the backstory. I know we all say we would have rather had like, uh, you know, audio from our from our you know speech from our guardian and all this kind of stuff, but like they've been able to then write this into the story. The fact that we are kind of just loot powerful hungry, like power hungry for for loot and you know better supers and all that stuff. Like they're able to then tie that back into the lore to prove kind of like what guardians are. And kind of like how we don't know anything other than that. So I think that's really cool. Um, I just really, really like how the, the writers just kind of build off of the community. Like, we really, really do have a part in the story. Exactly. And then, like, that's what's hilarious to me. Is the fact that every little rant or, or anything that any of the community has actually gone out and, you know, it, Destiny is very meta. It, it talks about the actual community in a lore sense, and it's 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 funny to me. <laughs> yeah, I really like it. All right, then, should we move on? I believe so. Do it. All right. Well, we just have a really short um, little thing. We have Lord uh, Teemer. He was one of the Iron Lords. Um, and he specifically is talking to Felwinter, who was an EXO, and he says, uh, Damn you, EXOs. The Whisper game abandoned. Do you ever ponder the before, or that number itch etched into your flesh? Do you see yourself in dreams? And they go on to fight and stuff. Um, and in the middle of this battle, Timur grabs Felwinter, bringing him back to his feet, and says... Have you ever wondered what it is that calls you in that void of memory where the edge of the past infects your present? He returns to his game of whispers. It's an itch you can't scratch, isn't it? Well, maybe you can. Um, so, Felwinter was trying to get some memories about Exos. They, well, they all died. 
thanks to Siva eventually. Yeah. But um, they were trying to get information um, from Rasputin from the war mine, specifically him because he was an exo. Uh, Lord Teemer was obsessed with Clovis Bray. That's another rabbit hole. But uh, yeah, just the fact that he convinces Felwinter to go on this crazy mission with him by kind of just saying, you know, haven't you ever wondered about these things? You know, do you, don't you have that itch you can't scratch? And, you know, and he ends up basically agreeing and continuing on with him. But uh, we've just seen time and time again that every Guardian has these little things in their memory that just don't seem right. Like there's something that they're missing or that there's just something about their life that they need to know. Well, it also helps the argument here that Felwinter was an exo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was the way. I guess it's the the fact that all Guardians have that itch. Um, well, and, and like exos are closer to actually having all that back than anybody else. Yeah. Well, except maybe the Awoken if they were Reefborn Savin. Um, <laughs> all right. So, Miss Simon, do you want to cover the last guardian that actually has clues to their past? Um, I mean, why the heck not, right? That's what we're here for. Go for it. <laughs> um, I believe it's pronounced Shinobu. Mm-hmm. You could probably just you be okay with reading these. These Shinobu cards are pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Apparently the gentlemen have defined these as pretty good, so we're going to go ahead and read them. I'll take the first one. <clears throat> this one is Exotic Armor Lore Tab Shinobu's Vow. I don't know how to write this. I died. Well, Shinobu died. This is hard, but she, I, she must have kept this journal for a reason. So here goes. One of the hunters, Nadia, told me that most guardians were dead for centuries before ghosts find them, when all traces of their first lives are long gone. Nadia is the name she chose for herself. Shinobu isn't your name anymore, Nadia said. It could be, I said. Then Nadia said, Shinobu and I were going to skip town. She told me I... Shinobu had realized there was no stopping the fallen, that her village, Keote, was doomed. She wanted to leave this place, Nadia said. She didn't want to die here. So much for that. Excerpt from the diary of Himura Shinobu. So as we see, all kinds of different guardians have left clues to their past. Um. I mean, heck, Anna's was a, a little badge that had Clovis Bray and it had her name on it. Quite literally, that that's enough to just get her into trouble because she's digging around in her past. Um, Cade had the journals. So did Shinobu. She had a diary. Savin is the closest one to actually uncovering all of his past. Yeah, he very quite fortunately had people who have lived for 
who knows how long. Well, I mean, he had a kid that's 110 now. I think the thought that I find interesting after reading all of these cards is that, I mean, for the most part, other than Cade, all of these notes and journals that were left weren't left on purpose. It's not like these people, A, knew they were going to die that day, or B, knew that they'd be rezzed as guardians. So, I mean, that's kind of why we don't have it on that many, because it's not something you plan for. You don't, A, plan to die, and B, you especially don't plan, well, if I'm going to die, most likely in like a century, I'm going to get rezzed by this ghost thingy from this thing called the Traveler. And I'm going to want to know who I am because I'm going to have no idea. <laughs> you and know, this is so like, yeah. that's yeah. why we just don't have that much because it's yeah. not something that was planned for. I am I mean, I'd say Kate's probably the only one who thought ahead and thought, hey, I'm about only to experiment on. Yeah. yeah, let me do this. Yeah. And, and, well, it, and it's not even because he was, you know, planning on becoming a guardian or anything. It's, it was literally because of the exo resets. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, again, not even pre-planned as a guardian type of thing. And I think that that's a really good kind of explanation as to why this just isn't a very yeah. frequent thing with multiple guardians. And I just wanted to point out in, in this card, you know, I think. I don't know if it was some stuff that we had read or me and Elemis had just described this, but, you know, the thought that maybe guardians don't remember much because of just degradation, possibly from brain cells and things for being dead for so long. But we see here that Shinobu, uh, unlike most guardians, died and was rezzed like, like that. Um, she said, one of the hunters, Nadia, told me my guardian that most guardians were dead for centuries before ghosts find them. Um, however... It then says that Nadia said that Shinobu and I were going to skip town. So she is actually talking to the person who... Uh, she was just talking to a week with before. Her? Yeah, so it sounds like maybe they were either res... They're both guardians now. Um, they either weren't both guardians at the time, or maybe one was, one wasn't. But it sounds like they both were trying to leave. Nadia got resed. See, that wouldn't even be the case, because she wouldn't remember Shinobu. So it sounds like maybe Nadia was already a guardian. She knew Shinobu. Shinobu died and then was quickly rezzed. But regardless, we see that it didn't take very long for all this stuff to happen. And she kind of just happened to have a journal. I don't know what you guys, your thoughts on that whole thing. But it seems like she was not dead for very long. That's what I took from it. Um, I mean, the, the, way, interesting take. the way that I read this, Nadia was already a guardian. That's what I thought. And her and Shinobu were a thing. Yeah. No, I think it's an interesting take. Because, I mean, it's definitely, obviously, you know, the the writers go into a lot of detail, but they're obviously not giving us the breakdown and the makeup of, you know, a dead human exo or awoken being rezzed as a guardian and how that changes potentially their makeup or how they get to, you know, being rezzed as a normal-looking human and not something that's been dead for a century. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there is that potential if you got into, like, the medical aspect of it, of, you know, what, you know, maybe the traveler is only able to bring back the physical body, but not what the brain has lost over time. And because, like you said, she was only gone for a week, her brain hadn't completely deteriorated. It hadn't, you know, she hadn't been broken down into basically just bones and dust. Whereas, yeah. you know, people who have been dead for centuries, all they can bring back is that physical body. 
But so, she still didn't have memories. So. Scary. Yeah, no. That's just my yeah. Thought. That, but like, that she could remember matter. more, you know? Only because she, it, it seems like only because she had a journal. She doesn't even believe that the person she was and is now are the same person. She kept going, she, I, she, apparently, I am, I was, you know? Yeah, that's true. I guess I was more looking at the other side, that it didn't matter how much time had passed. She still didn't get any more, like, memory back. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that actually goes into the next card because we're going to see how much she really wants to know about her past. Um, are we okay moving on to that one then? Well, if we're moving on to that one, then uh, it, like we're ch- changing actual topics here. Um, so we're talking about potential reasons that the Vanguard has deemed looking into the past is forbidden. Um, so I'm I'm good with reading this if you want. Uh, sounds good. I guess just a little bit of a introduction, just in case people don't know quite what's going on here. This is not, you know you'll go over where the cards from, but just know that uh, this is part of a great hunt, which was a time where guardians were wiping out all Ahamkara, and they were sent out in pairs or twos to do this. And this is an occasion where we see Shinobu and, once again, Nadia going out to kill an Ahamkara. This will make sense, because when you first read this, it'll sound kind of horrible. So just keep that in mind. Oh, it, this is heartbreaking. Yeah. So, anyway, this is the lore tab on a legendary weapon called the Chattering Bone. And it reads, Nadia sipped her tea. Calm and collected, Shinobu sat back, looking perplexed. Really? The entire summer? The serpent that claimed to look like her mother sat across from the two of them, smiling broadly. Why would I lie? I'm telling you, the whole summer you wore that dress. We had to tackle you to get the thing off of you, get you to bathe. The serpent plucked the dainty cup from the white saucer and set it to her lips before continuing. Your brother called you stink bug for years. Until, you know. Nadia reached over and took the other hunter's hand in her own. It will lie, because it's fulfilling your wish, Nobu. Shinobu searched the serpent's face. Her mother just smiled again, all teeth and secrets. Shinobu felt tears at the corners of her eyes. Her voice was barely a whisper. Okay, now. The burst from the pulse rifle was loud, and Nadia pulled the trigger again and again and again. Okay, what the hell? (laughs) So, Ahamkara are shapeshifters, and they feed off of wishes wishes that go sour. So, you know how the trope, like, you know, well, the saying, be careful what you wish for. Or also, when people make wishes, they're given to them very literally, and they're always backfire. Like the Midas touch, you know, he ended up mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. turning his loved ones into gold and killing them. Mm-hmm. Ahamkara are kind of like that. We've talked about, oh, bear mind. You hear those specific words. Um, we have exotics, armor pieces, and weapons that are pieces of Ahamkara bones. And Riven in the raid is an Ahamkara, the last one that we know about. 
Uh, and we see what happened because of that. A wish was made, and now we're stuck in a recurring cycle of loop over and over and over and over. But yeah, so Ahamkara grant wishes, but there's usually consequences. So she was wishing, apparently, to, well, to see it's, her mother. To basically, she, yeah, so that she wanted to see her mother, and as it says, Nadia reached over, past. yeah, took the other hunter's hand in her own. It would lie because it's fulfilling your wish. So she must have, even if not audibly, made the wish to know more about her past, about her mother and her family. So this Amkara was lying to her because Amkara are sneaky, clever bastards who will do anything. Yep. It, it's, yeah. Interesting. I also like her nickname, Nobu. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, like, it's, that right it's there sad. is why I, I ship Nadia and Shinobu. <laughs> they were definitely, like, at the very least, like, best of friends. You know, we see that they were probably together before they were both guardians. And then afterwards, they were assigned, as I said, they were, everyone goes out in twos. They were still assigned as the duo. They stuck together to go out on their mission. So I would have thought of them as basically at least as a, as a fire team. So think mm-hmm. of your closest buddies, and this is them. Yeah. Do you yeah, hold this... your closest buddies' hands? Sometimes. <laughs> well, if I was... Well, I mean, maybe if I was about to, if I needed them to give me the okay to kill what looked like You're about to possibly emotionally scar everyone in the room. Yeah, I mean, like, this is a deep card. Like, they they both know that this is an ahamkara, that what they're here to do. But Nadia is literally just waiting for her friend to give her the okay to basically kill this person so you know imagine you had someone you wanted to see in your life just come back and start offering to tell you what they claim is the truth about your past life and you have to not only say no i would not like to know these answers but also you look like my loved one i'm gonna shoot you to death now right it just got so sad yeah you can't yep. even no no <laughs> like, no because I have that. I know that's why I feel like you can that relate was, to this card. Yeah, like yeah. oh my god, my Someone offered my dad you died all of... when I was five months old, and I know nothing but what others have told me, and so I feel that like to the point where I want to cry right now. Like this was already sad, but when you put it in that perspective, it's like yeah, like yeah, that's exactly what I want him to come back and tell me the truth not just hear stories from other people but from him directly and then i have to say no and then you have to shoot him exactly holy cow that's why it's so heartbreaking like that just got so freaking deep and personal and (laughs) oh my god (laughs) you know i don't want don't mean to make you sad of course no but but i mean like yeah i am the perfect example for this illustration like oh my god like i was already like i mean obviously you heard at the end i was like what the hell like that sounded crazy but then when you put that like oh my god yeah so i mean i do ship nobu and nadia (laughs) yeah so like hardest i shipped shacks and hawthorne two weeks ago i still ship that by the way 
Oh my goodness! Oh my god! So that's why this Nadia part. Nadia loved this part her has, so like, much. Like she waited. So this was this was yeah. their this was their basically their duty their job right was to do this. They put that on pause for a second. So yes, that just shows you know the the emotion. But there's there's two reasons why they couldn't trust this Ahamkar to get these answers. Number one was they knew better than to trust Ahamkara. Um, so they kind of had to do it anyway. But also, they had been assigned by the Vanguard to kill these Ahamkara. We're going to see down a little farther. The Ahamkara repeatedly tried to tempt Guardians with their past, and these Guardians had to choose the Vanguard over their answers. That's crazy. This card just got so insane. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but I mean, like, wow. Yeah. And the fact that Nadia did it for her so she didn't have to, but also understood how hard it was in that moment. Oh, yeah. And then that is crazy, like, the having to turn away from the temptation and, like, but it's crazy, though, because, like, for me, like, now that we've talked about, you know, is the traveler right? Is the traveler wrong? I, I mean, yeah, clearly, okay, Amakara, bad, no good. They come with strings attached. Like, they're definitely not looking out for our best interests. But, like. Who's to say the traveler's any better? Yeah, who's to say the traveler's any better? Exactly. You know, it's only sketchier by the it's... fact that the Vanguard doesn't want us to learn anything else. Like. The Vanguard is also once a tool, once again, a tool that has been based off of the words probably of one man who claims to speak for the Traveler. So, yeah. like, there's a lot of just yeah. falling like, The Traveler is all of a sudden from. starting to sound a little culty. Oh, dude, no, you don't understand. There's like, <laughs> there is so many theories and things about what the Traveler really is. Um, there's like links to the Traveler and the Nine, who are the most mysterious ones. Like oh, ever, don't, don't even get me started about how the traveler is a Dyson sphere that holds universes inside of it, like or just the fact that it's just basically doing anything it can in to stay alive and just throwing whole civilizations in front of the darkness so that it doesn't have to deal. Like, dude, we're we not going to sleep tonight. This is what we're researching. I need to know more. Well, I, I can't. We are give rabbit you holing hard. Only thing I can give you is more questions and a lot of gray areas, which is why the story is so great. I love gray areas because they make you think and they make the story a lot more. You oh, know, absolutely. It's literally what are the, the best... whole reason we have a podcast right now. Yeah, I mean, what, <laughs> what are the best, the best stories are the ones, you know, the ones where the endings, the happy endings can be nice, but the one where you finish the, the movie or the book and you're like, I still have so many questions. Like, I have like to make headcanon. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> Inception. Those are the best. <laughs> Those are the best. So, I mean, that's what this is, man. Yeah. Yeah. I like the ones where they kind of give you the open ending to write your own ending or to. I like a little bit of information. Stuff. Like, I don't like to be left hanging completely. But yeah. so, I mean, that's what we have. We're, but we are slowly getting the answers. They're not just, this isn't going to be lost. We're not going to get to the end. And they were like, <laughs> we didn't, we had no clue what we were doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially, cons- and like, the, I praise Bungie for this. Considering, you know, we had all these these items that related specifically to the Ahamkara, but we'd never seen one until yeah. Forsaken. Yeah. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Like, uh, Vanilla D1, they kept hinting at, you know, all these different Ahamkara. And that they made Um, wishes with strings attached, but that was a hit. Yeah, they were just wish dragons. We knew we killed them. That was all we knew about them, and they went extinct. Hmm. Yeah. Like, they're... People give Bungie, like, grief because their game was so bland and vanilla. Um, and mostly that's because of gameplay. But if you think about both their story, and they said there's no story, the story, the, the game, like, everything about the first Destiny was set up. Like, in life, you need proper setup before you can build off of things. Video games, yeah. a good video game is going to be the same. The first one might not be the best. You know, sometimes movies, same way. Like, anything, you got to have a good foundation. Yeah, it's but like when did... you come back from, like, a season break and, they like, tie up a little bit of the loose end, yeah. but then they've got to set it up for the rest of the season, and you're just kind of like, that yeah, wasn't but, what but, I wanted. Well, but so like, then, so like, as you get into the season, perfectly. you're like, oh, God. I was just going to say they did it so perfectly because they set a foundation that was also open-ended so that what we kind of crafted could be worked back into the story. Yeah. I like that, though. Like, it really shows, like, how they really wanted to make the game for the players. Well, and, like, the big thing for me, especially going back to Destiny 1 as a whole, um. And like I, I got this. I'm gonna give credit after my my theory, but like <laughs> Destiny One, yeah, it was all about laying the foundation. It was about you know getting the key players. It was about getting you know everything set up. Comic books do that. Mm-hmm. Whenever there's an event, there's always an issue zero. That is setting up for the actual event. And, like, I didn't think about Destiny 1 in that way until Focused Fire Chat, another Destiny lore podcast, until they brought it up and were like, yeah, if we look at it this way, everything's good. Yeah. You know, that just makes me think of, uh, I've heard, you hear a lot, People who sometimes complain about how um, uh, Destiny 1 was almost like the beta for the real game that was Destiny 2 as far as gameplay. But that was that kind of is the truth about the story. Like you said, that the first game story was issue zero. It was, this is what's happening in the world. Let me craft you a picture. And now D2 is like, okay, now it's actually time to tell you those stories. We know you guys were mad because you thought we weren't going to give you any answers. We were just wetting your appetite. Like, let's get into this now. And that's what all these books and all these cards exactly. were really doing. Heck, that's what Forsaken was. Yeah. Like, okay. like I said before, we just got tips and, and hints at, you know, Ahamkara. You know, these wish dragons that the, the wishes went sour. And that's why we made them extinct. Um, you know, we just got hints at them from the Grimoire cards, and then it paid off three years later with Forsaken. Mm-hmm. Awesome. It like we're getting so far off track at this point. Yeah, as I was just about to say, <laughs> we are just 
fanning out on on this right now, but what do we say? I can't say I'm not a I'm a fanboy. We as a group are fan gasming. Yeah, I'm done. I think you should be. <laughs> Gonna sprinkle that in my conversation too. <laughs> and I'm I'm just sticking with lorgasm. Yes, I yeah I have a lorgasm quite often. Oh my Last god, word. I love it. You know, I had a little bit. Of- <laughs> Me and Elemis actually had a little bit of a lorgasm together over the last word when he got it earlier today, just on the uh, the so lore entry. Amazing. But so amazing. So amazing. That is another topic. I'm out and about. Sometimes, you know. Uh-huh. Most just with Elemis, really. Occasionally with Sean, but yeah, mostly just Elemis. Anyway. Okay, this is the third time we've mentioned him in our podcast. If he's not listening by now. <laughs> I thought this was the fourth. Well, one time we didn't mention him by name. We just mentioned that friend that tells really bad stories. <laughs> Our good friend. And and now that we've made the connection, there's four. There, there it is. <laughs> anyway, let's continue on with our last little bit um, specifically about the Great Hunt. We have one more card about how the Ahamkara are trying to tempt Guardians with their past lives. So, uh, this is another legendary armor piece. It's the lore tab for Strides of the Great Hunt. And it opens with basically one of the Ahamkara being killed, being finished off. And then it picks up. um, It's basically Eris and Ikora. Eris, uh, Ikora starts. Sorry. Eris opens with, What did they offer you? said Eris. Her stare reached for a mile in front of them. So did the Grave of Bones. The same as you, I'm sure. Ikora stood, buoyed by a gentle flow of light above the Whispering Bones. It was easier to concentrate up here. Everything they say is true, said Eris. Ikora looked down at her sharply. Sentiment like that leads to morbid places, she cautioned. Yes, came the reply. If you guide your light north, I'll take the south. This will be quick. I think they showed me my life before my ghost. Eris, focus. Yes. Together the guardians summoned a storm of light that consumed the bones around them. They ignored the whispers. The voices grew louder, harsher as the maelstrom progressed. Soon they couldn't tell the difference between the whispers and the storm. So the yeah, whispers are the Amakara. Yeah, that's another reason yes. why they kind of had to get rid of them because they're always whispering in your head. But we see well, what they were whispering into Eris's head. Well, and, gotcha, and the, gotcha, gotcha, the thing gotcha. about Amakara is that even after they're dead, they can still grant wishes. Yeah, their gotcha. bones grant wishes. Okay, and so that's the bones. That was my next question. That's the bones we're referring to here. Yes, Ahamkara bones are a big thing in Destiny. We've crafted so much armor with them, um, but we have found that if you dip the bones in silver, the auditory hallucinations are better, but not completely gone. Mm, Interesting. (laughs) Definitely something you would like to wear all day. What if we dip them in platinum? It's a better metal. Good, Good question, good question. (laughs) <laughs> but before we get off topic again, 
don't know what you're talking about. I never do that. It fairly plainly stated they ask basically each other what they saw. It's not acknowledged. And then all of a sudden, Eris says, I think they showed me my life before my ghost. And that's when Ikora says, Eris, you got to focus. Once again, one of the Vanguard members saying, we don't have time to look into our past. Um, yeah. So I was just going to say. Seems I, a little why, sketch, Ikora. Well, that's why I don't think that the Vanguard has malicious intent. I think that they just realize that if we have a bunch of crazy guardians running around looking into their past, nothing is going to get done. Like, they can't even get us to focus on anything right now. We're bouncing lunatics all the time. So I I don't think it's a malicious intent. Like, they're trying to hide some grand secret. You know, I know I said earlier that I'm not 100% sure about the Traveler, but at the same time, the general, just like the Vanguard themselves, they're Guardians who are probably curious about their past, too. Um, It's just they know that there's more important things happening. Yeah. Well, and and so there's actually another uh, reference that I want to read. Um, and it directly relates to this. Is that the okay. truth power proportion? Uh, no, actually. Um, okay. As you were reading the the card call from the uh-huh. lore book, the man oh, they yeah, call yeah. Cade. That one. Yep. I saw a paragraph in there, and it reads: uh, "Point is, I don't make a show of personal business first, because it's my fuel to burn. Second. Because Big Blue ain't a big fan of his guardians poking around what they used to be. Something about duty, rules, not losing sight of why we were chosen. But more than any of that, most of us chosen ones don't have the luxury of a past. So rubbing it in doesn't seem right. And that's, that's coming straight from one of the Vanguard. Yeah. So like... Yeah. Because Zavala is the, technically the Vanguard leader, so he technically is in charge. Well, no, no, so no, that's, no. That's his this reference to Big Blue. Well, that's well, yeah. Yeah, that is. The Big Blue but not no. wanting to snoop around. What I'm getting at is, these are Cade's words. You know, the, the Vanguard is a trifecta. It's, you know, Zavala, Ikora, and Cade. Yeah. So, the fact that Cade is, is bringing this up and, like not talking about some ulterior motive of, you know, trying to keep people in line. It, it, it's more of, I just see it being more truthful there. I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's coming from Cade, him um, just saying, uh, you know, I, I'm sorry, I lost, I lost my thought there. It's, it's the fact that Cade, is acknowledging this without any extra like, little strings attached. It's kind of just right. saying, you know, it's something we don't have the luxury of doing. Not it's a, we have to hide from others, you know, what the truth is or anything crazy like that. And yeah, and he even says the same reason, Zavala's reasoning is all about duty, role, not losing of sight of why we were chosen. Um and that they don't have the luxury. Yeah, so I think that really is kind of... That's confirmation that at least the immediate Vanguard is not doing this out of like some spiteful, malicious intent. Right. But just the fact that it's just not effective. They have 
we have more important things going on. You know, we're trying to keep everyone alive. They're very logical, matter of fact. This is what needs to be done. And they know that emotions kind of messy things up. Yeah, exactly. You know, but it doesn't mean you don't and, want and, to have those answers. But it's also interesting because, I mean, you know, there are people like that, you know? Like, this is something that we see in people. I mean, even just between Ivan and I, he is much more logical, less emotional, and I'm much more act on emotions. Um, so why I make a lot more impulse purchases than he does. But... Uh, <laughs> But, you know, so that's also why I stress myself for weeks with research on products. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, so it 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 shows that there's a balance because if we didn't have guardians that acted like this, nothing would get done. Nothing would be succeeded. And again, now it's always in the back of my mind. Does it matter if this gets done? What's the traveler's purpose? But that's not the point here. Um, but you do you do still have those emotions in the background and in moderation and then you additionally also have other people who are not guardians around as association to kind of i think soften this you're not the only one area yeah exactly you know there are other people living in the city and you know we just went over eva levante she clearly has emotion and sentiment and um all of that kind of softening up the area. In fact, we see that when we went over the Donning book and how some people just didn't understand her need for the Donning. Um, but she knew that, you know, they were just too busy to understand. So she needed to provide it to yeah. them. And we even have it. We just have these two examples of guardians supporting each other. Eris trying to convince, I mean, be convinced by a quarter to focus and Nadia trying to comfort Shinobu, like they both, both examples acknowledged that as guardians, they both wanted the same, like everyone wants the same thing. They would love to know the truth, but the grander picture is that they have something that has to yeah. be done. Now, granted, that might lead you to think, well, what is what we're doing? Is it worth serving the traveler? But ultimately, regardless of what the traveler's intent is, just as you were saying, uh, we're we're helping real people, you know. Yeah. When when Gaul attacked, helping other families, we weren't just trying to save the traveler. We were trying to save people from dying. Eva Levante was trying to save people from dying. Uh, exactly. So regardless of, let's say, guardians in game or us as you know, if we think about ourselves as our our own headcanon for our guardian, whether or not you are doing what you're doing in order to serve the traveler specifically, it really doesn't matter. Just completing, whether it's completing your mission or saving people in general, having those other thoughts cloud your judgment, you know, it's almost, it's almost, it's almost good. I mean, I know it would suck to not have the truth, but if I was told I needed to save, you know, tons of people, would I want to have all of my, my own personal hurt? Like in the background to distract me, or would I rather just take the uh, here's extreme focus that you can get your job done so that you can save all the people that you love? You know, like I think for that time, I would say, you know, take away these sad emotions from me or take away this, these emotions so that I can focus on my job at hand. Like it's yeah. almost a benefit. And, and that could be why the Vanguard has, has forbidden 
Guardians from looking into the past because there are a ton of enemies that use that to their advantage. I mean, we saw two cases where the Ahamkara were trying to use that to their advantage. Um, There's also a lore entry about um, somebody posing as Eris talking about her past. Um, It's in the Truth to Power lore book. The entry is, is it you? I'm not going to read it um, because it's just a, a small blurb, but like she talks about, well, the person posing as Eris talks about her past and, you know, a full name and everything. And I, this could be some ploy. Yeah, it could be a ploy uh, simply to, to get our guardian to start thinking about, oh, what is our past? Distract us, yeah. It, yeah. Good point. That whole book is very confusing and misleading. It, yeah. That would make sense. I'm waiting for the entire thing to come out before I actually sit down and try and I, digest yeah. it. I haven't actually really read it much either. You know, I know that that's one of those books that like, it's technically not supposed to, It's like kind of data mined, so I've been waiting to really read all of it myself too until it's officially kind of here yeah but there's a lot of stuff about specifically it's like from eris's viewpoint about just uh temptation to know which is hard to you know especially as people interested in lore to just leave alone so imagine if you were trying to seek answers to your life you know it's it's going to be interesting but uh that book could be good yeah for our topic, I mean, specifically still, you know, I think it still might play a part for some of this information. It could. Uh, part of the problem with that book is we don't know specifically who is actually speaking. Writing it or speaking, yeah, that's true. But anyway. Um, yeah, I think that takes so, care of, do we have anything else you want to read? There's that last, we have this last snippet, or should we move into our kind of conclusion to the topic? I'm, I'm ready for the conclusion. Yeah, I think so too. We've <laughs> now covered a lot of lore tabs and a lot of information. So. so now, the reason this all came up, the reason we are doing this episode is because over the holiday break, a cutscene was uh, introduced to us by visiting the Queen's Court. And in this cutscene, we see a ghost who, I mean, it, I'm still <laughs> believing that it's pulled pork. Um, but we see a ghost happen upon a body at the Dreaming City and resurrect that body, and it turns out to be Aldrin Sav. So, my question to all of our followers, based off of everything we talked about, you know, the fact that Guardians are rest without any clue to their past, um, the Awoken have easier access to the information about our past, but it's still 
kind of a fight to get it. Um, it still doesn't feel like your past, even if you get the information. Right. Everyone starts as a new slate. And it, we've we've actually got a few cases where, uh, you know, a heck, Shinobu, in her diary, she talks about her past life as a totally different person. Yeah. So with all that being said, I would like to hear the community's thoughts on Aldrin. You know, should he be held accountable for what his past life did? You know, if they do, then why? Yeah. You know, if they do think he should be held accountable, then why? And just kind of, you know, the you know the thoughts on this is obviously he's done a lot of bad. You know, we know that he well he he killed. If you if you don't know, he's the one who killed Cade Six or orchestrated the murder of Cade Six. Well, he had technically did pull the final. He pulled the trigger for the final shot, um, but he also killed a lot of Awoken in his in his terror. Um, uh, so Heck, we know he, he caused the uh, the gates to the Dreaming City to be opened, and yeah. that let the scorn that led the hive, the taken, all into the Dreaming City. Yeah. So he is. If you look at it from the outside, he has done all this crazy, horrible, horrible stuff that has put us in the situation we are now. But there's two things to keep in mind. Number one, well, <laughs> quote Zer, his will was not his own. Uh, we know that something was influencing him. Um, based off of also some of the lore, we know that this might have been orchestrated well in advance. And Aldrin's, all the stuff in the Dreaming City, all this craziness might have been just it, it, it is it was planned to happen and aldrin was just the pawn uh so would we forgive him for that or even if let's say we still say he's accountable because he even though he was taken over somebody has to pay well now technically that person died they were they were killed they paid for their mistakes you know, does that make sense? And now that this person has been rezzed, they're now rezzed on the other side as a guardian to supposedly, you know, be there to help. Um, probably, I mean, we don't quite know what's going to happen with him, but fix most of the stuff that he put into motion. You know, the scorn have fairly been dealt with, but this curse cycle in the Dreaming City that Aldrin has kind of been a part of, you know, Mara is busy trying to end this stuff. You know, he could be a great asset, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. How do we view him as Aldrin Sav the Guardian, not Aldrin, Aldrin Sav, Prince of the Awoken? So I'd be interested to see what your guys' take is. I know we asked the question of the audience, but... So, like... I I feel like the new Aldrin should not be held accountable for his past life. And But that being said, it's going to be interesting when he goes to the tower that first time. That's my thing. Like, I think maybe not held accountable, but I think as like a sign of respect, he shouldn't go to the tower until he's kind of proved a certain amount of loyalty, if that makes sense. 
But what is he proving loyalty to? Technically, he doesn't even know he did anything. He didn't do anything. You know, um, that was kind of a different person. And the other thing is, we've talked about how Guardians come back with basically no memory. What about personality? Um, Savin didn't sound like he had the same personality in Drives. So right. Aldrin was kind of a jerk. If you had have asked him to apologize for something he did, like he would have like thrown that in the Vanguard's face. But yeah, I think he, personality he comes a lot now? with memory. I mean, Aldrin was raised as a prince, right? Uh, well, no, no, not really. That's what I thought. I thought he was like Prince Aldrin. He is prince, but it was more. He was he was born a human. He just happens to be sister to. He grew brother. up basically. Yeah, yeah, he just happens to be brother to the woman who became queen of a newly formed people after gotcha. many other queens that she used to kind of secretly do her bidding. He was gotcha. basically just the protector Still, however, slash street baller for the sister. He developed into basically what sounds like an entitled jerk due to this yeah. position with his sister. Sure. So. Yeah, I mean, personality would perhaps be different because he doesn't have those memories. While we know he's going to come back as just as bright and sunshiny and dopey as pulled pork, who might be his ghost? (laughs) Well, you know, that's another good point. Do ghosts influence personality? You know, are we our ghosts? Yeah, we don't talk because ours never shuts up. Right? Do opposites (laughs) attract? Ours interrupts us. We have a lot of... Uh, examples of ghosts and guardians being kind of different from each other. We have, the you know, Ikora. Aren't they like yeah. the same thing? <laughs> yep. Um, we have, you know, we have although, a lot of, according to the ghosts, they're very different. Although, although Cade and um, Sundance were apparently both reckless and kind of crazy. So we don't really know. But I guess my point was if, if Aldrin eventually is found, it depends who finds him, it depends where he goes first. Let's say he ends up in the tower um, before anyone knows what's going on. Somebody kills him, I'm sure, on the spot. Um, Mm -hmm. He comes back wondering what's going on. Is he a jerk when they tell him what he's done? Or is he profusely apologize? You know? Like, that's going to change things. Also, his whole life was dedicated to his sister. If he doesn't know who in the world she is, maybe he won't be such a tool. He's also not yeah. supposed to be that way with his sister anymore. Yeah. So my thing is, I Based guess off I of would... what we just looked at, having that dedication and loyalty to his sister yeah. kind of hinders him from being the guardian he's supposed to be. But that's the and question, also, is how much if... Oh, this is going to be really, really interesting and give us, like, I think... I need the explanation as to why the ghost resed him in the first place. I, we what we don't really know what the ghost, ghost looks see? for. But my thing is just what is what is he being rezzed to? How yeah, much yeah. this is gonna be a great example of how much of the Guardian comes back because we were very familiar with him before. Like a weird this is gonna be the first character that we've like seen. nature versus nurture. This is gonna be the first time exactly. we've seen a guardian pre and after initial res. And so this is gonna be interesting. Yeah. So if he if we see if guardians do retain who they are. He's going to be the same guy. He might not have memories, but he might still have the same drive. And if that's the case, if he's basically the same person, then nothing's changed. He's still kind of an enemy, but maybe fighting on our side, and he's still a jerk. 
do you want to forgive him? And if it's easier to forgive someone who's remorseful. If he's still a jerk who doesn't care, how is the Vanguard going to react? But if he is That's a loyal servant of the Traveler who is loyal to the city and to the Traveler only and doesn't care about the Awoken and all this kind of stuff, then I think he'll be accepted a little bit more. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy because, I mean, a huge part of it really does kind of fall on how is he going to react? How is he going to respond? And he's not even going to know that he needs to react and respond in these certain ways or things are about to get bad for him. Which is why it's going to be so great. We're going to get to see if his personality is intact when he comes it's back. It's going to be a giant cluster. I can't wait to see right. what happens with him. I have a feeling we're probably going to wait a little while. I know. It's like already driving me nuts. I can't believe we haven't told anyone. I guess Mara showed us that specifically. Maybe she told us not to tell anyone. I don't know. No, see, I'm wondering if we didn't, act, like, our Guardian didn't actually see it. I wonder well, if it was actually just shown to us as players. I find it was because it came from the console that Mara directed us to. The same one that had the pyramid I mean, Mara it. knows? Mara knows, I would she say. She hasn't sure. said anything or hinted but it at was, anything about it, though. It was really She just weird. ran off suspiciously. What? Okay, what actually happened is she says something to you and then you are kind of just, I don't think she necessarily directs you, but you are basically just as a player directed over to this console where you hold down a button and it takes you to a black screen and the next thing you know, it plays this cutscene for you and then it's over. You don't talk to Mara again. But you learned this from a basically interactive in her like throne world that she had there. So, in my opinion, I think it's kind of like she showed us something. Or, you know what? Mara has dreams that haven't happened yet. For all we know, it hasn't happened yet. Mm. Maybe she was showing us what's going to happen. So, I think that maybe it's... That's an interesting point, too, I man. think it's. I think maybe our Guardian knows, or maybe Mara knows. Um, but if we do, we, weren't, we know not to tell anyone. Yeah, that's a good point. It is kind of weird. It is kind of like a does our character know? Do we as players know? The thing is, I'm looking at at some of the previous um, Queen's Court transcripts. Mm -hmm. She didn't know beforehand. No, she was mad about us kind of killing her brother. Well, like the visit before, she was. it, It wasn't that she was mad. But she was asking how he died. Not my sure. brother was strong, clever, devoted, but suggestible. I knew my plans put him at risk. I was not surprised to feel him die. I mean, it's a good question. Wait, if she feels but, him die, like physically a, feels that connection, they have a connection. But does she feel him be rest, even though he's not talking about the? That's state? why we don't know. That's why I think that she does know this. Um. We're kind of her favorite guardian. Like we, she uses us a lot. Well, she uses Shax for more, but you know that's another topic. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So I don't know. I, I, in my head canon is she maybe kind of share this information with us, maybe prep us, or this was us just seeing something that she was finding out. One of those two. But I would say somebody now knows, 
before, but yeah, now I think my new headcanon is she had, this was a dream of hers. This doesn't even happen yet. That would be a really, really convenient way for Bungie to not have to uh, enlighten us on this aspect of the story until like D3 or something, you know? Yeah, like it hasn't happened yet, so they don't need to script it any further, and then they can just explain it that way. Yeah. All right, well, we're running a little bit long. I think we knew that this would happen. I'm sure there's some stuff to edit it out to make it a little shorter. <laughs> I'm sure. Not too much, though. It was a yeah. good... This is a solid topic. Uh, very interesting. And it was a fun topic. It was. That went better than I thought it was. <laughs> we thought Not that, that it would be much more haphazard when we started. Yeah, I just thought it would have been us just kind of... I mean, there was a lot. I rambled plenty, but I just thought it was going to be a lot more um, non-interesting for anyone other than us. I feel like that was kind of interesting. Let us know. Give us a rating. <laughs> Let us know if we created more questions. Maybe Hyven and Elmas can uh, ramble a little more to try and answer those, too. Yeah, we try not to go over this stuff together much. Um, like, we really want it to be fresh. Yeah. So, like, some of these yeah. topics, even I won't look into too much until we do them on the podcast, just because, you know, this one I had a lot of thoughts about, but, you know, we didn't talk about this as a group. I feel like partially because we were busy, but also just because I think we were trying to save this discussion to be more more open and genuine. So, um, well, and it, it was funny because you were starting to, to discuss it earlier in a Xbox party chat, and I'm like, no, 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 later. Yeah, that's kind of my thing. I, I, I like that it's not scripted. So hopefully you guys do too. Uh, you know, once again, let us know. Give us your feedback. Um, you yeah, know, in the grand scheme of it, we do this because we're having some fun. So if you hate us, I mean, you can let us know, but I can't really. Right? Like, if you hate something we're change. doing that we could fix, like, yeah, maybe. But if you just hate us, I'm, I'm sorry. Or our podcast in general, just it might not be for you. <laughs> You know, so like a critique not is much, appreciated. Well, so Personality-wise, it's going to change here. We're not, we're not getting resed and potentially getting new personalities. Well, so like, if they hate us at this point, why are they still listening? <laughs> right? Unless you're listening out of order, which I've already gone over. <laughs> you have to we listen have a, to the very other. Very clear on that. In the last <laughs> we have a very limited run. Just start at the beginning. It won't take you very long. <laughs> all right well once again i feel as if there is something i'd meant to say that i don't remember now so let's just say we covered it so as you <laughs> said at the beginning elemist that's where we came in i feel like we totally answered absolutely nothing yay except for made more questions <laughs> absolutely that was my goal honestly I was or you adult. answered questions that I had that everybody else listening to this already knows the answer to. You didn't have a ton of questions, really. You were just really confused what the heck was going on with the Amkara. Yeah, I, well... The being shapeshifters is a big deal. Shapeshifters in general, in, in any well. story, is is almost always a sketchy thing. Good point. Like, shapeshifters are never the hero of any story. Yeah. Well, if you want to get... <laughs> really crazy 
You ready for this? This is not a topic that I made up. I think I've heard this somewhere, but I also think Focus Fire Chat was discussing it. You, I know I'm off topic, but if you really want to talk about <laughs> sketchy, is the people we fight against are called like wizards, knights. Those are usually the good guys. We are referred to as warlocks and hunters. Hunters, like you know, usually and we titans. think, yeah, and and titans. So like titans were the kind of bad. They were the bad guys in Greek guys mythology. In, in Greek mythology, exactly. Warlocks are kind of the negative implication of like the dark magic version of like a wizard, which is good. And of course, you know, knights are supposed to be noble. So you really want to get crazy. The enemies that we're facing have all the good titles, and we are actually named after the negative connotation. And see, I hadn't even thought of that before. This is too much for me. So maybe I don't remember where I this was too late slash early for this. I give props to whoever discussed who brought that up. I know that wasn't me. I wish I could give proper credit, but yeah. It's one AM. This is too existential for my right. Well just blew my mind and I'm too let's just like what's in this as the stranger says, it's better to pick a side, even if it's the wrong side. (laughs) And with that, I choose sleep. We'll see y'all. See ya. Yep, sleep is the side I choose too. See you guys. Thanks for listening. Sounds good I to me. I need to pause here because I need to pee. <clears throat> Normally I'd pee while we were reading a card or something, but I don't have long cards of other people reading in between. Sorry. <laughs> in the future, you can just go to the bathroom and we can just, just type in the message at your Ian, we'll just kind of talk. Yeah. Well, now that everybody's heard the the secrets to how we podcast. You can edit it out. I could. But will I? <laughs> In the future, just go pee. Nobody will have known that you disappeared. They would have just thought you were quiet for a brief bit. <laughs> We all know someone would think that's weird. I'm never quiet. No, almost any podcast you listen to with hosts that are done live, somebody always has to dip out for a couple minutes to go handle life. Yeah. It's very normal. Whether it's kids or restroom break or water break, whatever. Especially like Destiny podcasts, because none of us do this as li- for a living or get paid for these. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. And Kelly stayed asleep, so success. I didn't hear you wash your hands. Because I had my <laughs> mic <laughs> muted. I figured nobody needed the sound of toilet flushing or faucet running. <laughs> or my sounds of my urinating, for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> All Let's right. spice up this podcast. <laughs> Iconic, right? I mean, shapes Bloopers. Oh my god, right? In case you're this wondering, at this point in this, this podcast of rambling, it's now one o'clock in the morning, so shape shifters is a hard word to say. Um, anyways.